With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Exclusively on CBS All Access, a legend returns. I have a mission. There's not a hell of a chance for somebody to stop me. Patrick Stewart in Star Trek Picard. Now streaming only on CBS All Access. Welcome to the Star Trek Picard Podcast. I'm Dominic Patton, still recovering from my February illness. Now, this is Episode 6, The Impossible Box. Now, we're over the halfway point in Picard, and we're moving into some really serious things here, because as we've seen over the last few weeks, there's been episodes that have been a setup with act, what we would call an Act 1. There's been some standalones, and now we are at the Borg, and we have some very Borgable guests with us today. We have executive producer Akiva Goldsman joining us today and special guest Jonathan Frakes teasing when we may see him again. So take a listen. So we've now passed the halfway point. We're now at episode six, The Impossible Box. And formerly episode five. You know. Oh, <laughs> by the way, should we announce that Mr. Jonathan Franks is joining us again, and, and he and he gets to um, kibitz. You you just can do whatever you want in this one. You're 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 the special special guest. Put your top back on. Thank you. Nobody nobody sees that on radio or podcasts. What? I know it's great. We don't do the stern thing. We don't film the podcast. No, honestly, no. That's why we did one of them in a jacuzzi. It was great. People thought it was real outer space. Why am I wearing this outfit? I don't know. You weren't in the jacuzzi episode. I know that. Awkward. Yes, I know very much so. So let's talk about this. So we've gotten over the halfway point, and this this is Picard is now back at the Borg. This is a return to the scene of let's call it the original crime. How did we get here, and what does it mean to be here now? Well, I mean. It's interesting you call it the original crime. I would say it's returned to the scene of, if not the original, then the most salient trauma, right? This was the, this is where Picard became, this is the Borg, the cutest of Borg. Um, Yeah, and this was an interesting thing for us because we didn't want to, and Patrick really did not want to, you know, and charged us not to tread over any old ground when it came to the Borg. Um, You know, he was hesitant to have the Borg in the show at all. He's like, we've been there, done that. So we really needed to do something, try to do something new and deeper and different with it. Different Borg, different reaction. Uh, Borg Cube is really an artifact. Yeah. The Romulans are really running the joint now. There's no Borg Queen. Which is cool. It doesn't feel like the Borg of you know, yeah. really? contact. I totally think it does. Does it? Interesting. Well, no, they're, yeah, well, they're, we'll they're so it. deconstructed and so I, – I, I, they look like they're the I, I am going to fanboy it right out. They're, those two ep- – let's call it those two and a half episodes of TNG with the Borg I think are, are like 
two hours and a bit of the greatest television ever made. I really do. I that that shit changed my life. Like I, as a viewer, it's probably one of the reasons why I. Oh, that's the best critic. of both worlds, part yeah, one and two. I, I I love that. I love that. And I think that when you come to this, what you're coming to is it's like someone dredging the Titanic. Or actually, Great. actually better. It's like someone trying to rebuild the Hindenburg in New Jersey. Like it, it's this is a this is a massive explosion that now you're just sitting and you are. I guess it's an improper phrase, maybe in space, but you're watching the blast radius. You're watching it happen. It's fantastic. Good, good. I mean, look, this was part of what we we tried to slow play getting here, so getting here would feel that way both to you and to Picard, because there's a lot of organizing the point of view of the narrative around Picard. Like Even though it's a multi-character show, he's the fundamental tether emotionally. And this is a big deal for him. So look, we teased it in episode one, which means you know he's going to get there eventually. You, you know, it, it's eventually. Um, and uh, it was supposed to be emotionally resonant. So, I'm, is that the alternative title of episode six? Eventually, no. It was um, "Man of La Mancha," but it turns out it was taken, <laughs> which is weird because I thought it was. I know it's like how you want to call episode one "Farewell to I Arms," and then someone came along. What's wrong with that? It's nah. not work. But remember what I said: is it is saying it's saying the same as the way it's saying is you meet someone twenty years later yeah. who you were very close. It's like meeting an ex on the street, and you're like, "Whoa!" And you're like, "Wow, you really held it together. You look amazing." And oh my God, you're you're a senator. That's fantastic. Like you know this and that, and you just you see them, but you can't you can't separate the emotion that you knew then with the evolution you're wa- watching now. And you know, some will say, "Well, is this evolution? I mean, the thing's half blown up, and it's being run uh, overrun by people as if they were as if they were rats to get whatever they can get out of it." But but you clearly it resonated with you. Yeah, yeah. And this to me is actually one of the series. and I'm cold hearted. I, I can if, tell. If, yeah, if hearted at all. Boom. Let's be honest. Nobody Stone. Knows. Could just be a black empty. Space. You think Robert Downey Jr. What Iron Man has resonates more than what I got. Yeah, well, because he has. Yeah, you plan. can plug that thing yeah. in. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Cool. By the way, my cell phone broke when I walked in. Yeah, the, yeah. The That's why none of them are ringing. No, I know. Um, but we're working with a. That's a value that is unique to this. If we get it right, and we try really hard, and it's true with every characterization in the show of any th- person or element of one of the original series, most particularly Next Gen, which is what did you as a fan imagine would happen to blank and what has happened? And how did those two things interact in order to create story? And it it can't be the only way we tell story because we're trying to tell a story for folks who don't know. But that layering is also, I think, what gets us off in the room a lot, which is, no, where's Riker today? Wait, you mean he's not still on the bridge of that starship? Who's he with? Is he still married? Do they have kids? Like, the, what, what happened to the Borg? Like, these are the things that actually deeply, secretly, we have to stop ourselves from only doing. Because that's the the fan problem, right? Is we would just tell story after story. After story. Okay, but that's a good that's a good point. And being that we have we have Riker in the room, and we do know that he oh shows up God, later. Is, is is how do you, how do you not kind of just front load with all that? Because that's the temp, that's the temptation to want to do it. And I think that's a temptation a lot of fans were looking for. They're like, just give me what he had before, but just give it to me again. You know, give me new versions of that. Is it inappropriate to ask hmm. when this show broke, and I was brought on to direct? 
Riker wasn't part of the 10 episode nope. package. Nope. Something changed. Yeah. Well, so we were building story. Like we were, we try really hard to build story based on story. And which I hear works. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and then you, and every time we are in the room, well, Michael and I always joke about the Gorn. We're like, but can we get the Gorn in? Because Michael and I both love the Gorn. Oh my God, I have to leave the geek out. Sorry. <laughs> um, so I, Michael and I each have um, Gorn, Dayglow, Dayglow Gorn painting. felt paintings on our walls, um, which were made for a scene that, were, that never got No one can see on a podcast. I'm deliberately avoiding eye contact with <laughs> you at this moment. So, so we call it the Gorn test because all we want to do is get a Gorn in. And each time we say Gorn, it becomes clear that the only <laughs> Alex, reason- Alex go- cut around the Gorn, <laughs> he which I had on the walls. Oh my God. Yeah, by, by the way. Yeah. Bastard. <laughs> um, so um, the, we do the Gorn test, which is, would a Gorn work here? And then the question is, could something else work better? Are you only making it a Gorn because, <laughs> because you, want you want to see our Gorn? Here goes that. So, <laughs> episode nine, uh, we suddenly found John Luke in a position where he could trust no one, not even himself. And after all the, well, wouldn't his crew be Riker and LaForge? And uh, wouldn't his, uh, be, wouldn't he be traveling in space with? Wouldn't he? We got all the way to, oh, my God, who's he going to listen to? And that's where Riker came. You know, and so it wasn't to get Jonathan back. We had Jonathan. He was there. It was fun. You know, we didn't have to, you know, get him back to the character. But suddenly when you bring him back to the character for that reason – and then he inhabits the character. Then you're just nine years old. Then you're just literally giggling with delight. And, you know, it's uh, it's my favorite episode of the season. I had nothing to do with that episode except give a couple of notes and watch it. But it's... Will you be our special guest when we have that episode? Oh, if you want somebody to just fell over it, fuck yes. It's I, I, I always want someone to do that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, have you, you haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen that one yet. Lose, no. You're going to lose your mind. Yeah, you know, it, a mind is such a dangerous thing to lose. Marina Surtees work. I watched it um, because I just did the Ready Room, and I've worked with Marina for many, many years, and she's a dear friend, and she's a fabulous actor. And when she's feeling the feels of the major theme of this episode, I started to cry. I'm looking at it on a fucking computer, and this is a friend of mine, and she took me apart. You are in love with her. With it. A program. A machine. Enough, Narek. I'm taking control of this operation as of now. Every piece of synthetic design serves a purpose. Why give her dreams? Why give her nightmares? It's a malfunction. A bug. It's exactly the opposite. I'm listening. Her neural pathways are auto-heuristic. Always seeking and forming more efficient connections. Every day, that capability must bump against clear evidence that she is not, as she believes, a human being. That cognitive dissonance must go somewhere. You're saying the robot girl has an unconscious? Yes. I feel like one of the greatest risks of Picard 
And I think this is one that I, and I've had people who listen to the podcast come up to me or send me emails about this and stuff like that. And there is this, this push and pull. They're like, okay, so he's here. Jean Luc's in the house. Great. But can we have a little Riker? Can we have a little this? Can we have a little that? There's this push and pull between old crew, new crew, old crew. And episode six to me is with Evan and Michelle and Allison and Santiago and, and Issa as, as well, kind of outside the crew, but obviously within within the regulars. This is where it's like, this is their show. There are now, this is their show. I've had my first three episodes of Act One, which set everything up. Patrick says the magic word that everyone jumps up and down because they finally heard it. I've had two episodes which have kind of taken me to different worlds and different places. And now I'm now I'm with the captain and he's 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 on. Yes, and then what you'll see is with that established core, it starts to open out a little bit again. You can't just leave that there like oh, that. Oh, no, you I can't. It's can amazing how I can. We're going to have another episode no, next week. Issa falls through the floor into, yeah. into this infinity that Picard... I mean, the end of the it's a it's kind of a great cliffhanger. The end. It, of I mean, exactly. And 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 and, fa- and I would actually say that's a very good analogy for for where we're at now. Because you know, if you look at a ten, where episode, is he going? Yeah, exactly. Like, where is all this going? Because if you look at it, you you know, you guys know more than anyone, right? The the, the layout of this land could be very like, okay, I get it. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to do this, right? You guys, you threw a lot of that away, which is great, I think. And I think that people who didn't think that was great have come around to be like, no, that works for me because it turns out it's not 1994. It's not 1988. And I'm good with that. But I think the other thing here is like, okay, so you do Act 1, you do Act 2, you do Act 3, and then, you know, something's going to happen and solve the day and, like, engage some more. It Maybe took him six episodes much. to find her. Yeah, exactly. It took him Maybe half the so season much. to find her. You're sp- I mean, on, on a regular show, for lack of a better expression, this is supposed to happen by episode three. Yes. Yeah. We were well aware of that. It's a long engagement. Ouch. You're dying for that one. Always dying. Yeah. Wow. But I also think that the introduction of the regular characters was handled wonderfully. Slowly. We had a chance to fall in love with them individually. And Rafi's got a huge following now. And she's... She's a great, damaged, wonderful actor or wonderful character. Michelle's fantastic. Michelle's great. Yeah. Allison Pill is on, a, on another world. She can play anything she wants. And I would also say, I would say, you know, kind of, kind of as a as a, a slow burn, or maybe you don't quite see her on the stage, if, a stage front right away. But Peyton List. Oh, we were just. Uh, we love that Peyton. I, I had no idea she wasn't English. I didn't either. No idea. It's like how no one knows who Hugh Laurie actually is. Right. That's yeah. right. No, she's special. She's amazing. She and Harry have a great thing. Uh, as you can probably see, originally they were written to be brother, sister, and lovers. And there's still some color uh, of that. And resonance. There. Yeah. yeah. I, I probably was not shocking the one who really thought that was a good idea. I'm an only child, so it was easy. Um, but um, <laughs> Imaginary uh, friends galore. Why do you, why do you judge? Um, but, uh, but you can still feel that. Between them, yeah, yeah, there's plenty of that. Yeah, yeah, and she's amazing. He's amazing. They're and they're fun together. There's still this as the show is happening. There's also this further exploration of what the fuck are Romulans and how does this all work? Mm-hmm. I always thought the Romulans are cool. We Which had is, our best and most famous Romulan from the Next Gen was an actor named Andreas Katsoulis, who was part of a, a French mime troupe, and he was about six eight. And he scared the shit out of us. And he was spectacular. He was, he was, he embodied the Romulan. And that's sort of, that's who I always think of as the, and they all had those 
shoulder pads. They're all gone now. These Ramanas are, are smoother. And That's cool. what makes them deadlier. Oh. They don't have. And they wear Ray-Bans. Yes. But they don't have disintegrating yeah. spit. Just to be clear. Yeah. Those are, those are tablets that like they bite kind of. in order to In episode four, formerly three, a Romulan has his head cut off and the green blood leaks out of his neck. You dig that? I, I Dig was not the word I would use, but I definitely thought it was something cool. I mean, I just, here's the thing is, is I always, back in the day, you know, you always, because this is what science fiction does, right? Science fiction is really about today, but you're telling it in another way, clearly. To me... Um, the Klingons were always the Soviet Empire. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the Federation was do good America slash NATO, depending on how you want to look at it. And the Romulans were always uh, Mao's China. Hmm. This like they literally were. There was a metaphysical wall. They were behind it. Whatever happened in there, and even to this day, you know what comes out of China. We're always a little like, is that really what's happening there? You know, I think um, that's part of it. It's a, it's a culture built on 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 mystery it's a culture built on secrecy it's a culture built on unknowables which i just think is a gift if you're telling that story and now we have a packlet as a president one of the things we see in, in in episode six which is interesting is is we see um we see patrick and jonathan um Hugh, we see hugh they, they there's this reunion of sorts and it's a, it's i found it very uncomfortable if you think about the Borg, and, and you've mentioned this before, if you think about the Borg and what happened as a, as a trauma, as a form of abuse, mm. there is, um, you know, you hear these stories about if pe- things that have happened to people when they're young and they meet their abusers or they meet elements of that. And it's just a freezing moment because all of what happened comes back and you're seeing it in front of you. But well, Picard says that to him. What, how could you possibly work here? And Hugh essentially says... Someone has to. Yeah. And, you know, Picard is, you know, is aware of Hugh's separation, his having been left behind on that other world. And Hugh, we have a whole story, none of which matters, but which we have, which is when the artifact was, um, when the treaties for the artifact were created, um, and it became clear that the Borg were being harvested, um, that Hugh took initiative. And came to the artifact in order to sort of present himself as a provisional governor in order to fight for the, to stand up for the rights of the, what he would call the XBs. Um, and, you know, then the Romulan Federation treaties sort of became little beyond vestigial. And Hugh now has this task that he's sort of, you know, fighting for, which is to find some liberation for these folks um, some civility in this yeah yeah oh, you know, which the is reclamation a, and that's project. you know that that's self-healing and yeah. the healing of those who are abused i wish i could tell you that and now we will articulate that story out yeah. <laughs> in its conclusion in a thorough way we won't but you know but that's what we're we're touching on how much of that is a, is a part of this overall as a series like having these these unknown or deep dive backstories how, how do you mean how much of it we do it all the time but but I mean but but how I mean I guess I'm interested more in the in the journey not the destination like how how do you do that like do you sit with Kirsten you guys were like okay well this would have happened in year yes. four that yes. between the yes. twenty years it's everybody in the room yeah and we sit there and we talk about it and we make it up and we try it on and 
we inter we run it up against what we know, and we run it up against what we imagine, and you run it up against Patrick. Yes, we run it up against. I mean, not Hugh's fate. We didn't run up against Patrick, but you know. Um, no, I just know that yeah. he, he's very committed to being, as well as being the star of this, of being an executive producer yeah. and, and being a part of that creative process. And, and he is. And so what happens is, so for example, Riker's fate was something that we talked to Patrick about before we talked to Jonathan about it. You know, I mean, that that's the truth is he is, when it comes to the principal storytelling, he's an, he's an EP in the, in the real sense of the word. He'll be in the story room. He's part of the construct of figuring out how we do. He's not... The deep dive into the character backstories that are not his, those are almost their own days, which are typically you have to, you know, you have to be a little obsessive about Star Trek to want to like really spend that much time figuring out. Don't you think that's part of the reason the show is? So I think there are a lot of us that are that. Yeah. I think that there's a lot of people who just want to know exactly where each have is and why. The outcomes are far from ideal. What you're doing is good, Hugh. There's no need for it to be perfect. After all these years, you're showing what the Borg are underneath. They're victims. Not monsters. One of the things that happens with iconic television, novels, films, etc., etc., you have people who are, who are part of the, the gang... And you have people who look outside the gang and are like, that's not my thing. And this is one of the things I've always thought has been fascinating about Star Trek, which is maybe it's just not your thing right now, pal. But maybe it's your thing with that guy who used to be on Quantum Leap. Or maybe it's your thing with that guy who was on iClaudius. Maybe you just dig Shatner and that's your thing. Like It's like I, I feel that that universe or maybe you're into that lady who was on The Walking Dead. Like I feel like that universe is the Trekverse is such that. It takes that essence of great science fiction, which is the story is up happening in space and people have lasers and what have you. But this is really about Selma. This is really about women's rights. This is about gay rights. This is about minority rights. These are these are issues of of how what's the balance between life and work and technology and 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 and, and a, a, a analog world, for lack of a better expression. And I feel like the Star Trek world allows you to be you can call yourself a Trekkie. But maybe you're just a person who's interested in other people, and that has a place for you. I don't know if that's true of many other franchises. I think a lot of other franchises, you got to buy in, and you're like, it's a it's a one way ticket. That you either with that ticket, and I'm not going to name names. Some of those tickets are great, some of them not so much. But you go with that ticket, or you don't go with that ticket. Star Trek, to me, and Picard returning after almost 20 years, says this is a library. It's got many different floors, many different sections. That could actually be a commercial for our show. That was wonderful. That was really good. That was wonderful. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> I got another side gig, but I'm trying. Okay. Right. You know how it goes. You know, I know that when we were in San Diego, and, and we missed you, Jonathan, that you weren't there with us because somebody can't organize flights, it seems. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> Wow, that's true. Oh, we're, we're looking at CBS representatives in the room. Um, but I, I will say that that's one of the things. Like, you saw that outpour for Patrick. Right. But what was interesting is you saw that outpour for Jerry. Oh. You know? And that was like, oh, this is a multi-ring circus now. And there are many ringmasters. It's yeah. so smart to put her on the show. I, I think I've said this to you before. If I have, I apologize. I was in Toronto doing something else, and they sent a rough cut of the 
that first teaser. And I shouted at the top of my lungs in my hotel room, forgetting I had anything to do with the show. You and know, she's sitting there having a shot. Yeah, she turns Patrick's around study. and you're just like, you know, she's there are people who are seven of nine fans oh, yeah. that are as deep as Kirk fans, as yeah. deep as Picard fans, you know? Yeah. And she's so she's so comfortable now and not having to be the sex symbol and not having to wear these skin tight clothes and not have everything pulled in the, and she's she's magnificent and she's digging it. And see that's what I mean. Like that's if, if you know if we joke that it's a family show, yeah, in that sense it is. Because everybody has a member of their family they're crazy about and some members of their family they're not so crazy about. But you find a place to sit beside someone at the table. Well, that's it for Picard today, our Picard podcast. Thanks for listening to the Star Trek Picard podcast. As you know, you can listen to this podcast every week, also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like getting your podcasts. See you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.